On today's episode of Back of the Bird, we sit down with Clarkie Peterson of the Halifax Thunderbirds, chat about his time in minor lacrosse in Mimico, his junior career in Brampton, and then his time in college with me at Cornell. Also catch up on some news and notes and awards around the league and what's new and exciting in our lives. Let's get into it. This is episode 85 of Back of the Bird. Take your first ride and run, baby, run. If you want to sign, this is it. You're mad, your magic, you're as hard as a gun. You want to play with fire, consider this. You'll chase the thrill if it's worth it. Cause you never ever want to work for it. Take your first ride and run, baby, run. You got a spine to steal and a roll. Huge shout out, as always, to Boston Levi for continuing to let us use his music. Going back to Run Baby Run because it's the greatest song in the history of the world. Let's get into the show. Here we go. All right. We're back. Episode 85 presented by Cottage Springs. Paulie, who do we got? 85. Uh, Mitch Belial, former guest. Mitch man that The man that has to wear a hat under his back of the bird hat in order to make it fit. Um, appreciate you, buddy. One of the day one listener, too. So. Um, this is the Mitch Belial episode. We got Clark Peterson on this week. Um, but as it always is, they're brought to you. This episode, it's brought to you by Cottage Springs. Get out there, drink your springs. I'm seeing everyone do it. They got the, have you seen the juice box type ones? Like no. the leaders? Oh, fuck. They're good. Dude, uh, the de- Jesus. The tequila sodas are unreal. You're a tequila soda guy. You're through and through. Well, like, dude, no. So, like. I said this before, like I didn't had a chance to drink them. Um, now that kind of season's over and golf season's gone, so I I was up at Cabo Beach this past weekend where and I, I jarred my first eagle, but we can get into that later. Um, 125 yards from the sand trap. Um, but dude, that's like <laughs> all we had, and like I think I like them more than vodka soda. Yeah, I'm a big fan. And, like, I'm not, like, a tequila guy. Like, I'm not a tequila guy, but, like, these, I don't know, just the flavor, everything's, like, way better. Yeah. Than, like, most tequilas. Not not way better than the soap. Anyways, they're unreal. Very good. Very good. So, get out there, try them. Unbelievable drink. But let's check in. Polly, how are you doing? I'm good, bro. I'm very good. How are you guys doing? Donnie? Yeah, I'm good. Pretty pumped, actually. Big week for me. I officially graduated from Maryland this week. Uh, Let's go. All my requirements. So, um, you know, it's good news for me personally. Also good news for the podcast, I think. I have a little uh, little less on my plate here going forward. Should be a little bit better with the editing and stuff. And uh, I might take this out, might not, but a little bit of breaking news that's going to be broken uh, here by the time it comes out Friday, officially the rookie of the year. The Roy. That's pretty cool, too. So, Come on. Yeah, I mean, dude, was there any doubt? There's never any doubt. Let's go. There's, it's my favorite thing in the world is when people like try to just come up with things. Like, even <laughs> though something is glaringly obvious, like they're just like, here's the argument as to why it shouldn't be the thing that's glaringly obvious. Like, yeah. there was, you know, you saw it this year with you and like Dobson, like making an argument. I mean, great second half for him, but still, it's just not the same thing. But there was even like when like Teeter was up for it last year, it was like, you see the same thing, like arguing for like other guys, like, man, come on, like, let's not do this. Let's just run with it. But congrats, man. Very well-deserved. 
Um, that's yeah, should be proud of that. That's that's a that's a pretty cool accomplishment. Yeah, thanks. And um, we have at the company we have a all staff meeting every Tuesday, so it was just a, a regular all staff. And they announced it in the middle, and uh, they gave me like a little gift basket. I think there's probably gonna be a video coming out of it, but they gave me like this gift bag, and I opened it, and it's just a six pack of Miller Lights in there. So that was kind of funny. Nice. Um, yeah. So really nice by the organization and everything. So and you've had all six today. I actually haven't. I I haven't had them, and I left them at the office. So I guess I'm gonna have to find a way to or find a good time to break them out. But um, yeah, no, it's cool. Cool move by the organization and, and everybody. And obviously, uh, you know, grateful for them taking me and all that stuff. And you know, just a kind of a cool, uh, kind of cool to put my name alongside some of those other guys. So that's that's yeah, kind of a couple, couple big names. Former rookie of the year. It's a good, yeah. good yeah. company to be a part of, buddy. Yeah, so, got a long way to go to keep chasing those guys, but obviously, uh, like I said, still, still cool. So that's uh, that and graduating. That's uh, you know, that's my news. Big, and then, yes, big week for the kid. Jeez, yeah, holy yeah. smokes! And then um, not as good as an eagle, though. For almost, <laughs> yeah, uh, almost as good as a tequila soda, which I haven't had yet. But I'm finally coming home to Canada, so maybe I can, uh, I yeah. get it. Uh, transitioning that into. Uh, leaving for PLL camp this week. So uh, one season ends, another begins, and, uh, you know, here we go. Hey, you graduated school, but you're going right back to school, go sleep in those dorms. Going right <laughs> back to the dorms, exactly, yeah. So Oh, the stuff that's happened in those beds you're about to sleep in too? Fuck me. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, it, it is fun. It, the PLL camp, for those who don't know, is a full week. So we go in Friday, and then we play the following Saturday. Uh, so it really is like – the call we're literally out of college, but it also feels like college. You're like in the dorms all day with the guys and stuff. So uh I came late last year, so this is my first time doing it. So I'm pretty fired up about it. Uh driving down with Smithers. So uh, you know, that should be uh, a treat as always. And yeah, I'm excited. I like it. Yeah. Not my, I didn't I didn't have nearly as exciting of a week over here, but um yeah, one I had a week nonetheless. We had a nice little weekend last weekend. Ocon uh, Riley O'Connor, former guest birthday. Uh, so a bunch of lacrosse guys got together there and, um, had a What'd bit of, do? so, uh, so he rented out this bar called side street, um, and like had some family and a bunch of guys were there. I was golfing, so I wasn't able to go shot a 90. Come on. Not bad. Ooh, okay, chipping away. Up yeah. at, uh, Bray Bend there, the course that's yeah, actually yeah. literally a dump used to be yeah. a dump. Uh, but it, top, it is, yeah. it is a nice little course. Good value too. It was like 60 bucks to play set on Saturday at two o'clock. Um, but, uh, but yeah, played there, um, and then ended up going back, meeting up with the guys and, um, and having a bit of a night at parlor in Toronto here. So it was fun. Um, got home to see the family again on Sunday there and stayed the night, the folks to just to not have to do that drive again back and driving rain session with my buddy crappy. I mean, I'm, I was seeing all the lacrosse guys. So it was, uh, it was uh, it was a good time, and then this upcoming week, man, we got the. Uh, I guess when this will be coming out, it could be the same day, uh, likely the same day uh, is um, maybe next week. This one will come out. Who knows? Well, maybe we'll delay it. We're gonna put you guys in a pretzel. But Burlington Chiefs golf tournament. Um, Paulie and I on the same squad. Uh, sad Donnie can't be joining us, but uh, he's got he's got lacrosse duties. So we've got a couple other guys stepping in. So hopefully we can bring it home for for Team uh, Cottage Swings. We're calling ourselves so. Um, should be should be some good fun. Oh, I absolutely will not be hosting the after party this year because I've made that mistake before, and guys, legitimately told me that my house was now their house. Uh, 
So, uh, and you can't exactly tell Tim O'Brien to leave your house when he tells you that. So, uh, I lost that battle and I don't, I just won't be doing it again this time around. So I'm excited for that though. It'll be good fun. And then we got Saturday, Sunday, the boys, the backdoor slider softball team. We got our super weekend. So we got two Uh, games. You're still playing that? I'm just doing the Sunday games. Um, so it's a super weekend though. Super weekend, so we got two games Saturday, two games Sunday, so it's going to be a <laughs> marathon. Hey, tell the story about that guy. Man, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've definitely told this before. <laughs> I know, but hey, we're on episode 85, so you got to tell it. Yeah, guy. maybe people hadn't been here. But... So there's this story about the man we like to call the grave digger. Um, so he's this would have been probably like six, seven years ago. We are playing in this – so it's like a, a adult slow pitch league and we got like a younger group of buddies. So like we're, we're all right, but we're not baseball players, whatever. So the super weekend, everybody plays four games. So you're like scattered on all the diamonds. Everybody's everywhere. We're playing a game and we just hear like this big commotion and see people like running. And like, so we look over at this field and Brody is his name, who is, uh, he was my manager at Al source for sports, Andrew page, who's he's a firefighter, I think in Burlington. I don't know. I don't know exactly where, but he hops over the fence and he's running to the pitcher and the pitcher had just pitched and soaked a line drive off the chest that stopped his heart. And Brody goes over, like brings him back to life, I guess. And anyways, ends up surviving. We're all like talking, like so scared. Everyone's so scared to pitch. We're arguing over who's pitching the next game because you just don't want that to happen. We show up the next day. We're playing this team. Who rolls out to the mound in full hockey gear after having his heart stopped the day before? None other than the grave digger to try to throw a perfect game. And I'm like, I like kid you not, hockey pants, chest protector on, <laughs> shin pads, ready to throw it, throw it out again. So it's uh, it's the grittiest weekend in Burlington history, I think. When when this thing goes on, you get like all your dads are going. There's like sometimes they got live music. There's beer trucks. And it's uh. Always turns into a bit of an event. So what AOL. time's your first game? So we play Saturday at 9 30 a.m. after oh, the man. golf tournament, which will be tough. That's right, that's right by my house. Maybe I'll and then come come to the 12 30 game because we're playing the mitts, and that's like oh Helen Conacher. Uh, they're yeah. all like legit. Yeah. So we're trying we're trying our best to put together a way to um to have t-shirts made with each of their wives on our t-shirts. Huh. To nice. wear to the game, <laughs> so it's uh it's proven to be a little bit difficult, but um yeah that twelve thirty one will be a lot of fun I think because it'll be get pretty competitive in a hurry, um but uh but yeah it should be it should be a fun weekend overall, but um I guess outside of that lacrosse news um obviously you know we got the finals coming up um this weekend with um with Buffalo and Colorado um uh, playing each other after Colorado took down. Uh, Took down Calgary there in a in a in a great game, goaltending battle, defense battle. Um, that was a hell of a series. Yeah, it really was. Um, yeah, it was there was some back and forth lacrosse, and it was uh, yeah, it was cool to it was cool to watch that, and especially like a team man. Like you read, I mean, we'll get into it, but Milowski getting coach of the year, but you, and you read like just losing your top off at two offensive guys like back to back years, and um, still finding a way to get there is uh, it was kind of cool to see, but. Um, do we want to maybe get into the awards that have been announced? <clears throat> yeah, I can do that. And just real quick, um, uh, this is like pretty much the biggest lacrosse weekend of the year here. Cause we got, um, uh, 
NLL finals, uh, Saturday, Monday, right? Or is that right? Yep. 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 And then, uh, college final four also Saturday, Monday. Uh, so, so that means the women's final four is Friday, Sunday. Uh, and then Sunday will also be the D2, D3, uh, games, always a bunch of Canadians in that, uh, in those games. So, and then PLL camp as well. So the kind of the whole lacrosse world is activated this weekend and a bunch of junior A stuff going too. So, um, wherever you're at this weekend, watch it all. And the cool thing is now is it's all on ESPN for those in the States, uh, NLL, um, college for the most part, uh, PLL, uh, all everything's on ESPN. So it's, it's going to be an awesome, uh, awesome week. All right. So Calgary's, uh, Kurt Miloski won the, uh, coach of the year award that was announced uh, today. And then Rochester's Dan Carey won the GM of the year. Um, pretty cool. Obviously both of those, for both those guys. This was uh, in in my I don't know you guys might be able to answer this. But this was Mouse's first coach of the year. I'm not sure. I th- I, th- I feel like it is, which is kind of wild. I mean, it could, that is wild. He could be making this up, but if you say it um, on here, it's factual. It's his first. Yeah, it's his first. Okay, that's what I thought. But judging by the Twitter reaction, this is his first coach of the year, which is kind of crazy. Anyways, well, did you ever did you ever play for Les Bartley or no Les Bartley? No, never. Um, he was gone by the time I came in. Like, I mean, like I, he got sick and then passed away shortly after, and then never had a just chance to meet him. No, gotcha. And then, uh, yeah, so like I said, Dan Carey, executive of the year, and then Lyle Thompson won his fourth straight, uh, or his fifth straight, excuse me, sportsmanship award. And then Enemy of the Pod, Dan Dawson, won the Teammate of the Year. It's his second award. Five straight? That's kind of crazy. I, when I when I first read it, I thought that Dan got the Sportsmanship Award, too. And I was going to make a joke about, like, <laughs> he's probably so pissed that he got the Sportsmanship Award. <laughs> like, yeah. But Teammate it's of the Year. Slap so. in the face. A little, yeah, a little different. A little different. Paul, um, are, you, Paul are you ever going to gun for the Sportsmanship Award one year? For him getting it? No, for you to try to get it. So kind of kind of funny story. Like before the last game of the season, we were just talking and, and Brian Lemon was on the bench. And I think I only had like 14 penalty minutes like going into that game. And I was just talking like, yeah, man, like kind of been good this year, like laying off the refs, blah, blah, blah. And Brian's like, yeah, like we were talking, you know what? Me and Coho were talking about you and just being like, hey, Paulie's been really quiet this year. And then, like in that game, get like twenty five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Snap again, like uh, jinx myself. But I mean, I tried hard this year, and then still couldn't do it. So there's just the fuse is too short on me. I, just, yeah. I can't do it. Yeah. So and, no, sorry, no. <laughs> yeah, Mrs. Mrs. Dawson still thinks you're gonna win one. She's she's yeah. still holding out hope. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then Teddy Jenner, uh, recent guest, uh, repeat guest, wins his second Tom Borelli Award, won his first back in, in 2016. And then Mark Fine of Vegas uh, wins the exe- – sorry, Dan Carey won the GM of the year. Mark Fine of Vegas wins the Executive of the Year Award. Um, Paul, we we both played in Vegas this year. Uh, awesome atmosphere out there. So I don't think that's uh, you know a huge surprise. Seems like they've done a pretty incredible job um, so quickly. So – uh, I think there's going to keep coming out uh, over yeah. the, over the coming days here. So, uh, you know, we'll see, we'll see what happens. No doubt. 
so yeah, I don't know. There's not, that's not much again. There's not much else to, to kind of go through. Um, I think the biggest thing is obviously make sure you're turning on your TVs this weekend. Um, it's a, it's a big weekend for lacrosse. We're going to make sure you're tuning in. Um, you know, these college games have been really entertaining. I've made sure to, to take some time to kind of watch them as they've progressed throughout the playoffs. And, um, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty cool. Cause it's just, it's like watching your March madness, man, where it's like, there's, it's raw talent energy and there's mistakes and there's just so many different things going on. Like I was watching the Richmond, Richmond versus Virginia game. And it was like torrential downpour. These kids are running through like three feet of rain and mud, like to try to play a game. And there's just balls flying everywhere. Like, it's um it's pretty cool and and i mean it sucks somebody has to lose you, you get to kind of see these kids careers end but at the same time how how excited guys are to win and stuff it's uh it's pretty special so make sure you're turning into that and the nice part is it's wrapped with uh wrapped with some nll games around it too so um be really cool to, to see that match up again a kind of same matchup as as last year so there's going to be some bad blood there and um, you know, it's going to be different for both sides, obviously with some couple new guys for each team, you know, Ryan Lee's playing playing this year in the playoffs. So it could be, uh, you know, different for them too. I don't know. It's going to be, uh, it'll be a fun one to watch. I'll be, I'll be tuning in for sure. But, um, outside of that, I guess we want, maybe want to send it over to Clarky. Beauty. All right. So this is Clark Peterson brought to you by lucky penny media. We're a full service marketing company without hefty agency pricing. We understand your brand is everything everything to you. And when working together, it means everything to us. You're more than just a client. You're a partner and a teammate. Our philosophy is simple. You grow, I grow, we grow. If you need anything from Lucky Penny, Instagram ad, graphics, whatever it might be, reach out to them. Um, I know I just did and, and they put something together for um, for a company I'm working with, which, is, uh, which was really cool. And they're really pumped with it. So reach out to them. But here he is, Clark Peterson. Donnie, you want to you want to do our intro, buddy? Sure. Last time I did an intro, I think it was uh, Chris Corbeil's. I got like three facts wrong. Uh, so let's let's hope I I think I can uh, I think I can nail this one a little more. So our next guest is a Mimico, Ontario native, who uh, he played his minor lacrosse in Mimico before playing an amazing junior A career in Brampton. So lucky enough to play with this guy uh, at Cornell University, and he now plays for the Halifax Thunderbirds. Also represented Team Canada at the Sixes event this summer, or this past summer, and is on the roster for the World Championships this coming summer in San Diego. Welcome to Back of the Bird, Clark Peterson. Thanks, John. I was, uh, you nailed that one, eh? Wow. <laughs> there you go. I think, right? <laughs> Did I fucking it up? Or... No, definitely not. No, that was awesome. Cool. Um, well, what's up, man? Nothing, man. I'm uh, selling... Lonely a little bit before, but you know, obviously living in Saskatoon now, um, have been for, um, I don't know, going on six, seven months now since September, but, uh, yeah, it was, it was winter for a long time and (laughs) we're starting to turn a corner here May 1st, uh, which is nice, but, uh, yeah, it's good. That's awesome. So, uh, usually, usually we just kind of go chronologically, um, Mm -hmm. so just maybe, um, you know, tell us like how you got into the game and. And kind of how you got started sure um started playing lacrosse at a super young age like you know before paperweight even like kind of two or three years old um lacrosse was huge in my family on my mom's side um they my my two grandparents on my mom's side barb and uh, and frank were 
really big proponents of kind of, you know, just volunteers um, in the area, which at the time was Rexdale, the Rexdale Warriors, which were then, you know, I think they then turned into the Etobicoke Eclipse. Uh, my uncle will probably correct me on that, but um, huge volunteers and, and uh, you know, helped grow in the game um, a long, long time ago. So that obviously was passed down to their kids, my, my two uncles, uh, Brian and Dave, and uh, my mom, Carol. Um, so then she kind of passed that down onto me. So lacrosse has been in my family, um, for a long time. Um, but yeah, my mom kind of got me started, um, in Mimico, you know, house league and paperweight and whatnot. And, and, uh, and yeah, lacrosse has been in my family. That's where I kind of got my start from. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, people that know you, uh, obviously know Tink really well. And, um, and for those who don't know, uh, your uncle Dave was Dave Huntley, who was, uh, you know, a very influential, uh, person in Canada. Maybe talk specifically about like, uh, their impact on you as a lacrosse player and stuff. Hundred percent. I think it was the the two of them had different kind of aspects of of their impact on me. Like, um, you know, my uncle Dave uh, Hunts went to. They both went to Hopkins and played lacrosse there. Um, then Uncle Dave kind of you know made a family, settled down in in Baltimore, um, and you know kind of set up roots there and was huge in growing uh, lacrosse. You know, I think he was a real trailblazer in terms of like. Canadians going to the States, you know, him, um, you know, be definitely being one of the first, I know, uh, Stan Cockerton as well. I think down at, I believe he went to NC state, um, at the time was, it was, was the program that he was at, um, two of the, you know, very first guys that were kind of going down to, to play NCAA university. Right. Um, so he kind of set up roots in the States and then just was massive in terms of growing the game for guys, uh, that were looking to, you know, become better field players or in scholarships, all that kind of stuff. Um, and then he did a ton giving back with lacrosse Canada and, um, you know, you can never, you know, really overstate what he did, um, growing the lacrosse Canada program. You know, he played for the, the, the national team, um, in Manchester, um, long, long time ago. Um, and then, you know, was, I don't really know what the title was, maybe president, maybe director, but, you know, obviously worked really closely with your dad, um, JD, um, to really grow the game and, and get that national program to, to drive it to a bigger scale. But um, so that that was kind of his impact was a lot of like those are footsteps that I can follow. And I would always lean on him for advice in recruiting or, you know, going down to the States, what that meant. Um, a couple of times I would, you know, fly to to his place and stay up with him and my cousins for a week or two try and go to some summer camps and get some more field exposure um when I was a kid um so a lot of a lot of you know following in the in those footsteps as well as you know my cousin Kevin Huntley was you know my lacrosse idol um growing up and my favorite player but um my uncle Tink was more of just like a down-to-earth like this is how you play lacrosse and he really taught me every single thing that I know about lacrosse um I know that the 97s in Mimico are extremely uh you know we owe him a lot of debt and we are all extremely grateful for everything that he kind of taught us because he coached my age group and our age group growing up and you know turned into a lot of great players that you can kind of even see um in the in the nll today uh you know riley hutchcraft was our goalie growing up um warren jeffrey jackson subak myself um you know tanner thompson was a year older than us but uh you know we played with him as well but um, honestly, I, and I think if you ask those guys, like, I don't, I don't think there'll be any stretch of the imagination to say that like Tink taught them the, like the fundamentals of the game, um, you know, and then, uh, 
kind of passed us off in, in junior and whatnot, but growing up, he was our coach. He taught, he taught us everything. He taught me how to play um, lacrosse. I have really fond memories of, um, you know, being in the backyard at, at my house with, you know, both my uncles there just tossing the ball around or, you know, I was a little kid and I would just be doing what kids do, you know, empty net, one ball, just you out there, your whole family's whatever sitting on the porch and, and you're just doing random stuff. And, you know, they're telling me what to do, how to throw behind the back pass, how to do this, how to do that. Um, really fond memories of those times. So they each uh, impacted my life and lacrosse career in different ways, but um, extremely grateful um, for both of, you know, their guidance. <clears throat> yeah, that's a good, good segue too to that, that 97 age group, obviously, um, you know, I ended up playing junior Mimicos. I'm pretty tight with a lot of those guys as well. But, you know, mm -hmm. what was that kind of like growing up playing with those guys? And you guys were pretty good. Were you guys pretty good, right? I know by the end, uh, in yeah, you pretty good. But yeah, we were, uh, you know, we were pretty good. He coached, so my uncle Tink coached us until about Pee Wee. That's when Johnny Grimes took over. Um, and, you know, then we started to, you know, really learn more advanced things in lacrosse really tink just taught us got, got sticks in guys hands how to pass and catch you know the basics of offense like you know he was real basics and fundamentals but without him you know volunteering his time not having you know a kid on the team um and putting that in there we would never have gotten to those points but we were always kind of like the, the the third fiddle or whatever brampton uh brampton and orangeville and then sort of us you know those orangeville teams are always stacked um you know Brampton had, had Jeff was, and too, I guess. yeah Whippy was good but but by midget they had kind of um taken a step off as well but um yeah uh you know uh Jeff and Jeff and Dan Teed over in Brampton and all those guys that I ended up playing with we kind of did like a little bit of a switch there I was ended up in Brampton you ended up in Mimico obviously but yeah the 97s uh we were strong growing up um but uh yeah it was it was it was a really fun age group to be a part of and you know it was too bad that I that uh things kind of shook out the way they did in junior and would have loved to play you know junior and mimico but at the same time i wouldn't trade you know my experiences in brampton at all and and uh, you know i don't necessarily have any regrets about it at all i, I love brampton as well how yeah, did that uh, how did that happen yeah how'd that all <laughs> it was really weird i saw um my draft year mimico junior a didn't exist it was mississauga still um so i got drafted by mississauga um, and then I think pretty much everybody in the league at the league office, let's say sort of knew that Mimico was coming in next year, but I was like, I, I you know, I didn't want to play him saga, you know, they'd been zero and 20, however many years in a row. Um, so it was like <clears throat> kind of forced my way out of there, forced to trade out of there. And, uh, it definitely ruffled some feathers. So I had to sign like a document that said, you know, if I'm if if this trade if I want this trade to happen, then I have to sign this piece of paper that says I can never go back and can never play for for Mimico again. Yeah. So um, after I kind of forced the trade, uh, I, I you know I was like you know what sure I don't think I don't I think I don't think I was aware at the time that um, Mimico was coming in next year. I think it was you know rumors and it might happen, but um, you know uh, the opportunity to to play on a really strong Brampton Junior A team my first year and. Um, you know, I didn't really want to waste a year, uh, necessarily. So signed the piece of paper, went trade, went through. And, uh, after that, couldn't, couldn't go back. I did. So as funny, like I did the same thing in junior. I forced, I forced myself out of Burlington to go to Brampton. Mm. I just had to write a letter to, uh, Dean McLeod and just be like, Hey, I want out of Brampton. 
where did where did the never like coming back part like who i, I who think you were sour yeah i don't I, I can't necessarily remember who or, or what it was but i think it was essentially like you know there's always like a fee or a fee or whatever that the team has to pay if you if they're like reclaiming their minor players and you know um they just didn't want that to happen I, basically i think it was people were were upset that i that i was you know what like eli manning it or whatever yeah. <laughs> you know so um so yeah which which by the way happened every other year too before that yeah so. yeah right i know so um and then, and then obviously i don't know if i don't think that's very common knowledge like people in mimico like johnny you obviously know the rivalries that we kind of had there for for the years in junior like like i would just like i was just getting it like just heated like Every time we were playing in Mimico, like Clark's a traitor, but <laughs> like the whole arena, like really fun atmospheres and really cool atmospheres that honestly you don't get anywhere really other than, you know, junior lacrosse um, being packed into a tiny sweaty barn and everybody's right on top of you. Um, those are really fun moments, but yeah, they were, you know, people didn't hold back. That's the, that's, I've never heard of that before. That like, yeah. you cannot come back move. Like what if Brampton like just like traded you back to Mimico? Like, would you just not be allowed to do that? I think so. I think that, yeah, it was like, he, he can't play for Mimico, you know, like you go anywhere else. But uh, this, like, I literally remember like signing into my mom's bedroom. Like we kind of made the decision. It was like, yeah, this is uh, okay. Like cannot go back to Mimico. It says it right there. <laughs> and like hindsight wouldn't, wouldn't like, Maybe Mimico or Mississauga want that in the back pocket. Be like, hey, we could maybe get this guy back. <laughs> yeah, was- probably. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it, it would be nice. Definitely, the the boys probably would have loved that. The team would have loved that. I would have loved it. But um, you know, it couldn't happen. And you know, and I was fine with that. I loved Brampton and uh, had incredible five years with those uh those guys. And now I've kind of have you know, to uh, a whole bunch of buddies, obviously. So what was so the, what was the timing there, Clarky, with with going to the hill, and around that time because you were already mm-hmm. kind of tighter with Jeff. Yeah, when, so Jeff but, and I were super tight. So obviously he was in my ear about um coming to Brampton um because I went to the hill in grade ten, um so I think this so I think the summer after grade ten yeah. is when you start junior. Yeah. yeah, so I had been to the hill for a year, um and in in grade ten when I was there, there was like you know, 10 of us, uh, 10 grade tens total. Um, me, Jeff T, Jeff Henrik, Randy Black, uh, um, were like the four lacrosse players. Um, like Mitch Marner was in the class, which I always casually drop. Like, you know, <laughs> if I saw Mitch on the street, I'd be, Hey, what's up? And he'd say, Hey, what's up? So, um, yeah. And so, yeah, we were super close over that year, not being, or Davis Neal was there too. That's, uh, that's who it was. That's our original crew there. Hey, um, you do it. You got the class rings, eh? From the hill, you just go fucking. <laughs> well, yeah, Mitch. That's Mitch left uh, right after that year. He went to the <laughs> London Knights, obviously. But you know, we got a good year in there. Like I said, there's only a couple of us, so we're we're you know we're tight. That's insane. I still can't get over the whole like you can't come back. You've done. Well, that. you're out. You're. I know. You can't, that's a classic. You can't fire me. I quit. Move. So, <laughs> fucking on their part. Like, what yeah. are you doing? Paulie, were you there at that time at the Hill? No, no, I came in um the year after. I think are you are you and uh Teeter same age? Are you guys both 97s? Yeah, 97. Oh, yeah, no, I came I came and helped out, I think, the the year. Did you stay for a PG year too? No, he you did. You left one year early. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, yeah. So I came the year after he was done his PG year. Gotcha. Um, and that was like that was probably one of their like better teams, right? Is that when they went undefeated? His PG, yeah, was undefeated, number one. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, and that was like North America first year of that like university championship thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I came the year after that, Donnie. So. The the Geico, that's what it was, right? Yeah. That, yeah. That, that, the high school championship or whatever. Okay. Yeah, that team. Yeah, so when, when everything gets written in many years, <laughs> going to be one of the great high school teams of all time, for uh, sure. But uh, jumping back to uh, to Branton Junior A, like uh, you know, we had some good battles your fourth and fifth year, I guess. And um, you know, what are kind of some of the big memories that stick out from from that experience? Uh, best one for for me would be um, winning Ontario my fifth year. That was when we went to the Minto um that was just super cool um we did it you know i like i say in brampton but we weren't in memorial at the time we were at like central arena which you know yeah. uh lessens it a little bit but uh super fun group loved all those guys so like just bonding with them over the course i mean everybody has that same experience right of the five years you get with those guys is irreplaceable so um all those fun times minto in calgary i mean you know, one of maybe the most notorious windows uh, <laughs> of the past however many years with, with Jeff getting, um, you know, uh, what, like suspended, but then not suspended. And then we had replacement refs and all this, like it just craziness. Um, what a, what an eventful week there. Um, unfortunately, you know, losing it, but uh, really good, good Coquitlam team, obviously with Del Bianco, Bowering, you know, Tysers is on there as well. Um, so yeah, like the, just with that, that whole fifth year was awesome. And then our series, you know, I, I, I don't like to think about it, but at the same time, like, when you look back on it, man, like our, my fourth year, right. Your third, mm-hmm. um, when we were Brampton was hosting the Minto and you guys beat us out there. And I think, what was it like game three or game five? I can't remember it was game the, five, yeah. what, what the, yeah, what the length of the series was, but Yeah like that was just insane right that whole series back and forth like every game one goal game and um so crazy but um yeah definitely as we got towards the end there um it's you know it's super cool to you know you and you guys obviously all know it but going from your first year in junior you're like you know wide-eyed and bushy-tailed to like your fourth and fifth year you're it's your team and you're gonna lead them and it depends on how well you play and um, the guys your age play so it just makes you all so much closer as a group and Dan's Teat's whole plan like and why I really ended up wanting to sign in Brampton my or get traded to Brampton was like he's like we're bringing in the 97 crew like the Brampton 97 boys were a great minor team growing up like where he's like our first year you know um, your guys's first year we're getting like 13 of our of our 18 players are going to be first year players uh, and we're building it for the fourth and the fifth year. And that's our goal. So he's like, you know what, like, why don't you come in? I'd love to have you aboard sort of thing. And, um, and that's what we did. We, we just stacked up on 97s and, and tried to make a run at it in those last two couple of years. Yeah. For, for, for those who, um, you know, we've had, we've talked about this series from a couple different angles when we played you guys uh, in that, my third year and there that, there's a brawl and warm up in the first game and <laughs> yeah, I don't even you're, getting called, yeah. you're getting called a traitor by all the people you grew up with and around. Yeah. So it kind of is that when, wait, is that when Borg's got it is that when Borg's yeah. got thrown in a in a yeah. cop car in his full gear? <laughs> yeah, and after the second period, after the second period, 
in between the second and the third, the cops came down to our locker room and and uh, took him away. And he spent the night in the clink for assault. For he wasn't even on the floor at the time. Um, hearing, <laughs> man, hearing him tell this story and how much it like genuinely upset yeah. him is, he's got trauma. Like, Oh, dude, he's he's fully like I think it's turned him into the man he is today. Like he's a traumatized person because he went out there like wasn't even involved. And he like the way he tells the story, he's like, man, I was I had the first period of my life that was buzzing mm-hmm. around, goes into the room like getting some water, and I'm tr- sweating and just gets arrested. Yeah, like, oh, you can't even admit that stuff up. Yeah, it's crazy. It's wild. Well, I was gonna say though is uh, what a lot of people don't know is the next year, the year last year when you guys ended up winning, um, we ended up catching the basically the biggest break we could have asked for, and Jeff, was, <laughs> yeah. you know, Jeff was at the World Games for our first round series, so we were mm-hmm. we fell to like the seven or eight seed, got you guys in the first yeah. round. You guys were eight. Play, yeah, play without Jeff, and um, you know, not to gas you up too much, but you kind of. You know, you kind of took that one over, and for people who think that it was just Jeff uh, in those years, like you, you did it without on that series, and then, and then once you got got by us, you you kind of rolled, and um, no, yeah, we did. Because yeah, from that's my perspective, it was kind of like we let it go, but um, that's I mean, that's how everybody feels. But you, you just, you know, you just fucking took it over. So um, I know. I think that's why for me, particularly that that uh, that run there is a little bit special because it was like Jeff and Dan are gone. We've got no best player and no head coach, and we've got to play like our arch rivals in the first round somehow. All of a sudden, as even though we finished <laughs> first in the in the league, like eighteen and two on the year or whatever, it's like like holy shit! Like our season. Oh, I don't know if you can swear. You guys can swear, right? right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's like you know seasons like season is on the line it's like you know two out of three or three out of five um and we're missing our, our you know best player um so yeah that and that was pretty special for me to be able to you know step up and make plays in, in that series so um yeah it was cool yeah who was that uh, who was the who was the assistant coaches for teeter when he wasn't we there? had uh, uh kevin dance and tony carvalho um okay. And then that year, like we had Mike Hazen, Hazer came in because uh, Austin was on our team, uh, and we had Troy Cordenly as well. We gave him all the we gave him all the taps. So we brought in the, we brought in the all star coaching staff as well. So uh, it wasn't like we were left for dead. But I think we had um, all three of them in the one series too. Like yes, I never yes. forget <laughs> it was I, it was the deciding game. It went to the last game. I mm-hmm. watched game five, and I'll never forget just feeling like there's the pressure from the defense was like insane yeah. why are they fucking on my ass all of a sudden like <laughs> towards the boards and i looked at the bench and troy is coaching i'm like oh that's why yeah <laughs> this is defense now he li- i like a vivid memory he's standing like both feet are on the boards like he's not on the bench he's standing on top of the boards and you guys know he's just out 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 <laughs> out 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 for 60 minutes straight <laughs> and, and, and a junior man those like when you push guys like that like they and they respond it's just like you know the energy and the, and the intensity is just it goes up by a, a million. So what was that? Uh, what was that celly like in Brampton after? Uh, after- <laughs> yeah, it was it was awesome. It was uh, at the McClellan's house. They got a great spot, um, and uh, yeah, we had a lot of fun. Beers in the locker room after. Like I have such a cool picture, and it always pops up on my iPhone memories or whatever. Like the you know beer shower in the locker room with the trophy and all the guys. Like it was just really special. Like first time kind of winning and breaking through. We kind of felt like. Um, 
So a lot of, a lot of emotions coming out, but uh, yeah, it was super cool, super cool series. Uh, so pivoting a little bit to, to, um, you know, Cornell going, I guess going back to kind of the Hill days, maybe walk us through your recruitment there and, and what kind of was the decision to, to play at Cornell. Yeah. Um, when I was at the Hill, uh, like early recruiting was obviously such a, still a big thing. Um, you know, uh, I in grade 10 wore like, you know, I was using monster mesh, uh, sticks still like miscolored socks and the bicep pads, kidney pads, box helmet out in the field, like typical, like what, you know, Canadian guys used to look like on in, in field. So not a ton of recruiting looks early, surprisingly, uh, from the, the dustiness, but, um, Really, I, you know, I can't thank uh, Brody and, and Patrick, Merrick Thompson um, enough for making me the player I am today, especially in the field game. And and specifically, like, my recruitment was, like, Brody talking to, to Sean Kerwick at the time and literally just, like, vouching, like, hey, like, this is, you know, this Clark kid is, you know, extremely hardworking, shows up every day, doesn't miss a day, like, you know, yada, yada, yada. Um, and, and. Sean Kirk was like, uh, Coach Kirk was just like, okay, you know what? Just going to take a chance on him then. And uh, that was like my only luck, really. Um, other than that, I was getting like, you know, you start to kind of go to prospect camps or, or whatever. But um, as soon as I got the call, I, you know, I went down to Cornell, took a visit, and like the next day, like got home and, and committed. And it was like, boom, right away. Um, and, and coach Kirk was actually the assistant at the time. And it was coach DeLuca who I called and committed to. So I actually had DeLuca committed to, and then I had Kerwick and then, uh, coach Millman, uh, as well, my, my three college coaches there. Um, but yeah, really not a ton of recruiting looks at all. Just, um, you know, the Hill kind of turned me into the player that I am and, um, and Brody, you know, saw the effort and the, and the drive that I kind of had to improve and, um, he stuck his neck out for me and, and to get me a spot. And, you know, I tried to do that, you know, in return to make sure that's kind of the way that the Hill works, right? Like, you, you know, these coaches, they stick their necks out for guys to get looks and get, you know, recruited. And, you know, as a player, you try and do the same to return that favor to them so that the next guy can, you know, end up in that spot, right? You don't want to burn a bridge by a coach saying that, uh, you know, this guy's amazing. He's this and that. And, and you go to your school and, all of a sudden you're, you're not who they say you are. Like the next time, you know, Brody calls that coach up, it's like, okay, well, you just lied to me about this kid. So why would I want another? So um, that's, yeah, that's kind of the way that worked. Yeah. It's uh it's Matt Kerwick, but luckily I know that. Oh yeah. Sean's his son. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll take it out for you. Um, <laughs> that's funny. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I obviously was, you know, watching a lot of this, uh, you know, your three, your first three years, especially at Cornell, where it was kind of a mediocre to below average year the first year. And then, you know, essentially rock bottom for our program that your second year and then third year, we kind of really bounced back. What was that kind of whole uh, roller coaster like? Yeah, it's, it's, to me, it's all about, um, it was all about senior leadership, right. And, you know, we talked about that a ton and, you know, but for those that don't know, like, at Cornell it's it's culture and it's the people that are there right so your seniors lead the way um in my first two years like as I was a freshman um you know uh your brother was a senior and I, I love his class but there were uh, some oddities in that class for sure um 
and they didn't really connect with uh, the rest of the team as well as they connected within each other, I think um, would be, you know, and that's not to say they're bad people at all. Like they loved each other and, you know, they love Cornell lacrosse, but um, wasn't a ton of, you know, wanting to get to know the freshmen and wanting to get to spend time with the younger guys and, and this and that. So the first two, my first two kind of years there was, was like you said, a, a rocky roller coaster. And I would just attribute that to just the seniors and how quick that turnaround was, was all of a sudden, like the class that had sort of been forced into like a leadership position at such a young age with, with those two classes above them, not wanting to hang out with the younger guys and not wanting to spend time with them, not wanting to, you know, go to a loco happy hour or, or what have you. Right. So, um, those guys were stepped up and, and they, and they were doing that for years. And then all of a sudden they were seniors and everybody below them loved them and would do anything for them. And, and, and they had our backs and we had theirs and, and then it just switched. Right. And we went from, you know, I think we were like six and seven and then like five and eight. And then the next year we were like, like 12 and, you know, two or three and whatever. And, um, you know, should have beat Maryland in the corner finals probably could have won the national championship if we were at, 40% at the face of X instead of 10%. Um, but yeah, like that, that's just the way Cornell is it's culture and it's leadership and, uh, and the seniors kind of lead the way. And, and they did that their junior year. And, you know, we tried to do that my senior year. And as you can see um, with them right now, unfortunately just losing out, but, but those, those freshmen that I had when I was a senior kind of still kicking around there, Gavin Adler, Chase Erlin, you know, Billy Chabot, but uh, they're awesome kids and, and they've been doing a great job leading as well. Yeah, no, how many, uh, sorry, go ahead, Paulie. Yeah. How many years did you did you guys overlap there? Yeah, two years. Okay. So in your junior year, Clark, that's when you came in, Donnie? Yeah. Okay. Yes. What were your first thoughts on Donnie when he came in? <laughs> um, I had played with John. John, we played a couple times together before, I think, right? Yeah, we played Team O a couple times. I think. Yeah, that's why I was yeah, exactly. Um yeah, no, I knew John was super skilled. Um, I think we had, I was, I'm always like a little bit defensive, like, okay, okay, like this is another, you know, new righty Canadian coming in. Like, you know, I don't want him to come in and take my spot, obviously. Right. I want to continue to push, but um, it, at the same time, it's a family. And like I said, it's senior leadership. So like when, the, whenever the freshman come in, like you got to welcome him with open arms, you take him out to lunch, you, you, you spend time with them. You got to get to know him as quickly as you can because the closer you can get to those guys and the closer they can kind of feel part of the team and welcome to the team um the better you, you're going to be off so yeah i loved uh love john obviously and uh we're, we're obviously extremely similar kind of guys but um you know there's a little i think there's always competitive nature between you know teammates and, and men is wanting to you know be the best in, in what you do um but uh it, it's all it's all love and it's family still so it's all good yeah, that just that kind of just made me think of a, a funny story. This is early in my freshman year, and my freshman year was right after that he really heated Mimico uh, Brampton series, and we were in an Uber. There was like three or four guys. Three oh my god! <laughs> one of whom is my girlfriend now, and we were just screaming at each other about uh, yes or uh, about Brampton. I was, yes, I was in the trunk of the car. I was in the trunk of the car, and you were you know I think with your your now girlfriend, but. And yeah, we were just yelling back and forth about it. <laughs> like, what <laughs> is this guy's problem? It's Friday night. Let's yeah, go. and no one else has no one else has any idea of what's going on, and we're like <laughs> literally in a screaming match. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, a lot of people also probably don't know. Like you, when you came in, um, you kind of got your feet wet on the field as a D midi. 
mm-hmm. jumped over to Omidy, and then um, I think basically at the end of your sophomore year, right before this junior year that we've been talking about, you switched to attack and really started kind of making it work with with Jeff. What was mm-hmm. what was that like? I still think well, that's one of the best parts of your game is you can do that kind of stuff. But what are you thinking as a freshman having played D Midi? Yeah, I think it was just like I wanted to do anything I could to get on on the field and um you know coach Kerwick uh was like he was kind of in that similar position he's like you know I think you're a really skilled player um you know you're probably not the type of guy to dodge right now like you know I'm an undersized Canadian freshman who's not really probably going to beat a beat anybody off the off the dribble off the bounce um but you know you're going to compete you're going to work hard so you know let's just try to throw you in there and um and get you some minutes. So like I took wings and stuff and, um, you know, I think I was on the man down, um, and, you know, obviously played D midi as well. And I always like my, literally my favorite play of my whole career, like bringing it up always is, is your, your brothers in that John are playing against Virginia. Um, and like, there's a shot, he makes a save and like falls down and the rebound is, is like right in, in front of the net, like, you know, five, six yards in front of the net. And I just hop in the cage and I like kind of get in the goalie stance and the guy shoots and I just make like an off stick uh, save. It's like, I, I like, I think about it often. Like it just felt so cool. Um, and I was just, cause I was back like covering a pick at X at the time and playing D midi and, and I, and I made the save and I like put the ball in Brennan's stick and then uh, and we just like broke out. But um, yeah, I played D midi and then, you know, continue to try and hone my skills like away from, the game and practice like you know take the time on your own to get reps in shooting and and work on your you know you you want to you want to contribute and help the team as best you can and and for me I wanted to score goals so I was like okay I got to come become the best goal scorer I can so um had to you know really step that up and step my game up to if I wanted to, to play some offense did you what were you doing at the hill were you just like straight oh and attack at the hill no I I've I played like defense like Brody Brody whenever he's coaching me and whenever like you know we're chatting or whatever he he, even even when I was playing attack at Cornell and scoring goals or whatever he and I'd come home for a break or the summer he'd be like yeah I think you I think I should get you they should get you back on midi I think you can make more of an impact like I'd like to I'd like to see you play some more midi like he would always be saying that so yeah, he used me and Jeff like everywhere. Like in high school, we played uh, on the man down. We both got like would just go from he would run from attack to the bench and get a long pole. I would grab someone's long pole and we would both just play long pole on the man down, which was some really fun memories in that. I started a game at close defense when uh, against like Gonzaga, who was number two in the nation at the time or something like that, when one of our starting poles like got mono. Um, so yeah, Brody kind of used me everywhere. And I think that's a big reason why I was able to you know, make those transitions at, at Cornell as well. Yes. You're not like, you're not just fish out of water. You some <laughs> no. um, Cause that could be like just devastated Canadian kid coming in playing D midi. Like, I know. Yeah, well, yeah. For, for some guys, they would definitely hate that. Um, but I've, it's like, you know, it, I've been, Brody's been using me and moving me around for however many years before that. So I was good with that. So moving, um, you know, moving now kind of towards uh, towards NLL stuff. What was uh, what was your draft experience? Where was it? And uh, you know, what was that kind of whole process like? Uh, the draft was awesome. Um, it was at uh, the Xfinity Center in Philly. There, um, 
That was, I think they had, like, held it in Oakville up until, like, every year until that year. And that was the first time they were kind of moving it out. And then immediately after that was, like, the COVID draft. So I don't know if they've had kind of, like, a big one um, since then. I guess it was in Toronto this year. I think that might be the first time since I got drafted um, uh, that they had it at, like, a venue or whatever. So that was awesome. Uh, Warren was there. Tanner was there um trying to think of other guys essentially it was just a big party where like hutch um brad hutchcraft riley's dad drove down with my dad i think chris cormier was there i mean like we we got after it um pretty hard um was was that gibby's draft or is that before you yeah gibby was one yeah gibby was one there yeah when um four I was five. It was it was Gibby Q. Um, how can I not remember this? Uh, was it, it was Rylan? Rylan's up there. Rylan. Rylan might have been two then. Um, I think it was Gibby and then Rylan or Q, and then the other one, and then Holden Garland, and then myself. Um, and then Warren went in the first round to Colorado. But yeah, I can't remember because honestly, like we just got we we got way too drunk. Um, and then like we had to go to I had to go to like a team dinner with uh like a kersey and like his family and kurt and his family but luckily kurt wasn't there so it was like kurt's son um and a couple of other his other family members and trevor smith who got drafted with me and and thompson as well like we all had to go to dinner and like i was just had way too many and and like you know couldn't speak but like uh, but i knew it i knew it so i was just quiet i just like stayed quiet sort of thing um so i didn't make too much of an idiot of myself i don't think but um, it was a really fun night and, uh, yeah, it, it was a cool experience. Um, really happy that my dad was there with me, um, and, and his friends, my, you know, big fans, big supporters of me. And I really appreciated them driving down to Philly and, and, and being there for that special night. Cause it's, uh, you know, only happens once. Did you know, yeah. uh, did you know before it happened that it was going to be Halifax or what was No, I had no idea. I was kind of leaning Colorado. I had a good conversation with like Willie, who was the, the O coach there there at the time um and like my meeting you know the pre-draft whatever with with the kersey was like we were in one of the locker rooms at the track and i just like <laughs> and now that i know him i know that's how he kind of is as a person like you know he can kind of be you know stone cold sometimes but really he's you know he likes to laugh he likes a joke but i like i just thought that he wasn't like did not like anything that i said so <laughs> i was like okay that did that didn't go well um was my was my impression um I also thought I might have gone to New England at whatever pick they had because of uh, Mike French big Cornell connection there um so going to going to um uh Halifax was it was a huge surprise for me but um it's worked out to it's worked out pretty well did I ever wait I'm just trying to think of this did I ever tell you guys the story of my draft interview with Kurt no nothing so I was because he drafted you. Yeah, I don't, I don't know why, I don't know why he did, but um, we were sitting down and like he, he's like, hey, can you, so uh, it's gonna be a bit of a quiz. And I was like, what? Like, say, like, can you name, uh, can you name all of our lefties? And like, I like listed off lefties. And, like, I was like, yeah, like did that part right because you kind of like at least know that that's what you're watching. It's like, all right, name the righties. I'm like blanked like fully blanked like and it's at that point it's like dos keo like you've got a pretty good group over there and then he just looks at me and goes what's your dominant eye i'm like what he's like 
which eye would you look through if you were shooting an arrow? I'm like, man, like I've never shot, I've never shot an arrow. Like, I don't know. He goes, huh? Okay. And then that was it. Like we just ended the interview after two questions after I just couldn't tell him which, which eye was my dominant eye for shooting an arrow. But we're, uh, were you on the team when Josh Gillum was on our team, Lomi? No, I think that was the year before. So kind of like kind of the same thing. Uh, I don't know if I don't know Clark if he's still doing it. Is he still carrying around like a notebook and like writing stuff down all the time? Not not that? that I've seen. No. Well, when we were there, he'd have this notebook and he, he would just watch the game and he would just be like taking notes, 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 like. No, and he wouldn't show anyone, just notes on guys, whatever. And we had Josh Gillum, who now um, he's like a strength and conditioning coach in Peterborough, played hockey, like good lefty. Um, but he was kind of like, I guess maybe on like the downswing of his career anyways. Like, I think that's when we weren't that good. So, and Gilly was like struggling a little bit. And then, uh, so yeah, kind of same thing. Kurt's like, hey, uh, I'd like to have a word with you. So Gilly's like, yeah, he's like really happy. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And uh, he's like, so I've been watching you play, and I noticed you can't turn left. And he's like, you got to turn left more out there. <laughs> so he's like, uh, all right. And he's like, yeah, if you turn left more, I think you get more looks. And then it was one of the funniest things I've ever heard, and it just sent him into an absolute mental pretzel. It was amazing. <laughs> That's awesome. Kurt thinks about the game in a very, like, a non-traditional way i would say i had a big kind of meeting he was actually out in saskatoon he has family um he was out visiting and i saw him like i was walking on the plane from toronto and i just happened to see him i was like kurt he was like clark and <laughs> and I, I was like you going to saskatoon he's like yep and so we had it we had lunch and yeah we had a meeting kind of uh before the season he was talking about you know, goals for the season and whatnot. And one of the things that like still stuck with me was like, he was talking about how, you know, you have to, to get more loose balls. He wanted me to do. And he, and he's like, if you want to get more loose balls, you've got to be a good pool player. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, why is that? And he's like, angles, you got to read the angles of the ball. You got to read the spin of the ball. So one of the things I want you to work on is I want you to play more pool. So like, and he was like dead serious. And I was like, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll play more pool. I'll, I'll read the ball. And, uh, and you know, like this and that, and, and you know, it, it's not to say he's wrong or right, but he definitely has a, a non-traditional view of, of looking at, at, at things. And I think that's uh that's, you know, you don't get that too often. All time character. And you always <laughs> like some of the, some of my favorite phone calls looking back, like you said it too, like, you know, cause when you don't know him that well, like, it's like, man, does this guy hate me or like what's going on? But like some mm. of the phone calls you have with him, like he'll call you and just be like, hey, it's Kurt. <laughs> and it's just like you're waiting. It's like, yeah, the pauses. Oh, how's it going, buddy? Like, what's going on? But, um, I saw the, I mean, not to kind of rewind here, but you talked a little bit about Cornell and like kind of being like a younger leader. You were the, you're the first sophomore captain in program history. That's kind of a crazy little fun fact. Yeah, it, it definitely is. Um, and, uh, you know, it's tough at times. Uh, I don't know if the guys like, like, you know, like we kind of talked about the older guys, I don't know if they necessarily agreed with it and, you know, being a sophomore and you got to throw guys out of workouts or whatever. Uh, um, and, uh, it, it was, it was a big learning experience, but I, I definitely loved it. Um, you know, it, it made me grow up real quick. 
Um, and it, it's really funny. I honestly think it's because like one night I was just out at Shulk off the field, um, you know, where we play and it was really late. Like I had been there for a while and my thing was to like kind of go back and after practice or after dinner, like when no one's around kind of get shots up and stuff. So I made real good friends with the, with the equipment guys and the, the laundry guys that were there. There was a guy named one arm, John, who, who was working there. That was our, our laundry yep. man. Yeah, he had one arm. Yeah, only only the one. Um, so we we became really good friends because I would always be there late night, and he was like the the, the uh, you know, the overnight shift. Um, so he gave me a key to the light box and the you know the laundry room and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I was there shooting really late one night, and Coach Kerwick came back from you know maybe a dinner or something, and um, I guess he probably drove by the field and all the lights are on at eleven o'clock or whatever, and he stopped his car, came out, and was like Clarky. And I was down the other end of the field. Like, yeah. He's like, what are you doing? I was like, oh, I'm just shooting, you know, trying to, you know, work on my shot or whatever. He's like, all right, keep on, man. Keep on keeping on. I was like, okay. Like, so like, like he, that's like the, the things that he would do were always just one-liners. Like always, like every time you saw him, it's just like a, it's just a quick one-liner. And, and then he's off and he's bumping around to the next spot, talking to the next guy. But um, I honestly think like that was one of the reasons that he was like, saw that. And he's like, okay, I got to be this guy. Like, I don't necessarily say that's why, like that. I don't agree with what that's what happened, but I, I still think that that's kind of the, his, his reasoning for it. I, I guess. Yeah. Our, our other, uh, our other equipment guy at that time was named radar. Who's uh, at Delaware now. So it's radar and, and one arm, John, and just the two biggest beauties you'll ever. You'll ever. Yeah. We had a, we had a bar downtown Windsor and, uh, my buddy's like, hey, let's go to this lefties bar. I was like, yeah, yeah, for sure. He's like, you got good live music. Walk in. He's like, oh, there's the owner. Owner's only got left arm. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> left arm. That's it. Call the bar lefties. <laughs> that's good. That's good. <laughs> Where do uh, we want to get into like maybe some Team Canada stuff here, Donald? Or yeah, I was, I was gonna ask just uh, quickly before that, just about um, you know, your first couple years with Halifax. Was you did you play a full first year or did you get a half year in for COVID? Yeah, we got a half year, um, and then it was COVID, no year, and then it was we came back and we couldn't go to Halifax, like it was the only place with regulations still. So we played in Toronto with no fans a bunch of times, um, and then this year was the first or maybe it was last year no it was this year i think was our first kind of full year um which was kind of crazy it's my fourth year in the league now yeah what's what's that been like playing in um you know everyone i talk to and um just says like how awesome a venue that is what's that kind of been like playing out there yeah it's unbelievable that the fans have taken to us so quickly um and just like and, and it's kind of funny like i don't mean to like harp on them whatever but the start you know there wasn't too many really you know big lacrosse fans so they didn't really know when to cheer when to get loud like what a great play was how important like a you know like a shot clock uh you know killing the whole shot clock on defense was or like you know shorthanded and you're going one on two and you kind of get to the net and get a shot and get a reset or whatever like they didn't know what the big plays were um so it was it, it was quiet at the start even though there was lots of bodies there they were like do we cheer now like do we not like they kind of let the music do the thing but then there was a game against Saskatchewan. Um, we were down, I think, like, you know, eight to one, 11 to two, like all this, like in, in the first half. And then in the, 
we end up coming back and tying it, I think, like 16-16. We scored two goals in the last, um, you know, 30 seconds of the game to tie it. And, like, there's videos that, you know, Charlie Regus, our, our media guy, has. I think he tweets them out every once in a while. But, like, Shanksy scores the tying goal with, like, 20 seconds left. And, like, the building just, like, erupts. And, like, ever since then, it's just, like, taken off and skyrocketed. And, uh, and we, you know, this year we had our most fans ever at a game. And then the next game we had our most fans ever. And then the game after that, we had our most fans ever. So like we, it's like, it's just going up and up. The fans are awesome. We're getting really involved with like the kids as well, doing lots of school programs and the junior Thunderbirds and, and, and this and that. Um, so like sometimes kids will come up to us that you guys know the autograph sessions after the game, or whatever. And they're like, Hey, you were at my school like yesterday and now I'm here at the game. Like I use the ticket link or whatever. And that's really cool to see. Um, that things like that are working uh, to generate more eyeballs on the game. Um, and then, you know, the city of Halifax is amazing. Can't talk highly enough about how much fun it is to just be around and feel the energy. And then especially like after memes and, and, you know, the bar scene and um, you know, the crowds and stuff like that. It's, it's a really cool city. It's, it's a great place to play. Yeah. We had Polly talking about burning down the, uh, the brunch place last time. <laughs> and then the, the, what was it, Polly? the flight, uh, the Bloody Mary stubborn goat. Oh, yeah. the stubborn goat. We went there on a Saturday. It burnt down on Sunday. <laughs> oh my God! Jeez. Peace. I guess. Yeah. Um. So That's as Lomi well, mentioned, just uh, kind of transitioning to to Team Canada stuff. Let's start with the um. Let's start with the the sixes uh, last summer. That was uh, you know, a pretty fucking loaded roster and seemed like a cool experience. What was that kind of couple of weeks like? Yeah, it was awesome. It was awesome to be around the team. First of all, the, the you know, the coaches Brody and Junior Halsey um, were awesome. The guys on the team, everybody knows, are, are just amazing guys. You know, whenever you go around the league, like it's like you hate you hate these guys. You hate playing against them. You hate when they score on you. You hate when they're slashing you. But then all of a sudden, like you get next to them, and and you're like, oh man, like this is like this guy's just like me. He's my best bud. And um, and it's awesome. It was really fun to, to really get to know a lot of those guys who I hadn't necessarily met too much um, off the field and spent too much time around off the field. Um, and then on top of that, like it was part of like the world games, um, which is a big step for the for lacrosse as a sport to get into the Olympics, which I think is a really important goal and a, and a really cool goal. Um, and being part of that world games was a was a big step for that. So um you know, there was opening ceremonies. There's hundreds of athletes from, you know, sorry, thousands of athletes from hundreds of countries, like doing random sports, which is kind of funny because like the world games is like the tryouts for the Olympic games. So there's sports like um, rescue rescuing was a sport where like they throw a dummy into, into like a, a pool of water. That's 20 feet deep. They throw, you know, one of those cadavers or whatever. And it's like, you got to go, the athletes have to jump in the water and save it and give it CPR or something like that. Um, like if I if I read an article that fucking rescuing gets the Olympic <laughs> green light and lacrosse is still on the outside looking in, yeah. oh my god! Yeah, hey. but there were some really fun ones. Like there was sumo. I know the Iroquois uh, team. They went to like a sumo wrestling event, which was just like I saw boys send me like Snapchats of it, and it just looks it's like insanely fun. We went to a, a Team Canada floorball game. Um, and we were like just trying to get rowdy, but within the confines of being at a sort of kind of world slash Olympic event. So 
Uh, it was actually Canada versus USA floorball. And it was like a huge kind of team bonding experience for us. Um, we took it to the Americans in in the floorball. And um, there was a guy on, on team Canada floorball last name Berg. And they just run around with like t-shirts and like, you know, the plastic hockey sticks that you use in, in gym class or whatever. And he's got Berg and it's actually taped onto the back of his team Canada jersey, piece of white tape written Berg there. So we had our own Bergie, obviously. And um, so we were just giving it to, to Bergie. And he was just like a, he was a big lad, kind of a, a unit. And he was just a goal scorer. Like he would just kind of Ovechkin it in the, in the slot and just wait for a one-timer opportunity to go, man. Oh my God, it was so fun. And then they, and then in our gold medal against the, the Americans, they actually came out and, and watched um, and we're giving it to the Americans in ours and, and we got pictures with them after the game with our medals. We went out with them that night and, uh, yeah, it was a, it was a really fun experience. Where was it? Birmingham, Alabama? Yeah. Alabama. It was, uh, it was hot. It was like 35 yeah. plus every day, like just sweating. Cool city though. Uh, it was okay. Um, it was like university, like it, so. It was at the University of Alabama, Birmingham yes. Blazers there. So, um, it was a the, the university kind of um was was really large and kind of was a city in itself. There's university yeah. buildings everywhere, dorms everywhere. So, um, we didn't venture too far away. There were some uh, electric scooters that we kind of took to games and took to dinners and stuff like that, which is fun. Like, you know, everybody loves to ride this, the scooters, good scooter crew. So that's how we kind of got around and explored, but, but yeah, it was a good city and uh, yeah, it was a really fun time. And then, uh, you know, turning sides to this summer, uh, just named to the, uh, you know, to team Canada for, for the upcoming world games and, in, in, um in San Diego, what, uh, you know, what does that kind of mean to you and, and what are you looking forward to about that? Yeah, that's, it's everything, right? That's, you know, everybody's kind of ultimate goal. It was one of my goals that, you know, kind of wrote down or whatever coming into the, into the year that I wanted to, you know, I want to win gold with, with the team Canada, you know, team at the world championship. So the first step of, of that uh, goal was to make the team. So, um, you know, it was a real honor to, to make it, you know, that you can pick, you know, 20 other guys that could make a, a roster that, you know, would, probably battle equally, you know, could, could easily take down the team that's already been picked. Right. Um, the depth is insane. The, 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 the competition for those spots are, are insane and there's, and there's such a limited amount of spots. So, uh, I was really excited and honored to, to be named. I think it's always, you know, especially for me, I, I have a pretty personal connection just as we kind of talked about the start with, with my uncle Dave doing a lot for, for the can the Canadian, uh, program and, you know, I don't think it's a, any stretch of the imagination to say he was one of the, the, the forefathers there. And, and they, you know, he's still mentioned very often in team meetings and, you know, um, and, and whatever it might be, you know, his, his impact is not lost on anybody. And I, I do appreciate that. And um, it, it's definitely not lost on me. So it was really special uh, to be named, but you know, that's just the first step and, you know, we're putting together the best team possible and trying to win that gold. Um, and I know guys that were on that last roster you know obviously extremely hungry after how things turned out um so you know just trying to prepare as best i can for that um in it looks like about what four weeks time from now it's it's crazy how fast things move <laughs> but uh really excited for that it's gonna be awesome yeah. what's uh what's that look like for you guys like are you guys, do you guys have anything before san diego or is it like um just kind of some zoom calls and then you get there like a week early and kind of yeah. 
that's it exactly yeah zoom calls zoom calls trying you know get as much done as you can before you're actually in person right implement systems and talk structure and talk logistics and talk all that so that when we get there about a week or so early you know 10 days early um kind of hit the field practice i think we have a scrimmage against the the japanese men um and uh and you know try and you know get it get up to speed as quickly as you can get as close as a team as quickly as you can which i don't think we'll have an issue with at all um it's probably one of our greatest strengths um and, and then you know play and, and and play as hard as you can and bring home the gold fucking right so um last question uh you know for me here we, we like to uh, to do this with all our guests uh where's the number uh 24 come from and and why you kind of carried that through your career yeah, 24 is uh, my cousin, Kevin Huntley. So, um, you know, maybe a lot of people think junior, but uh, I think he was 24 because of junior, um, but I was 24 because of him. So, you know, obviously all the respect to junior in the world, um, you know, one of the best of all time, gotten to know him really well from especially this past summer, him coaching me. But um, for me, it's my cousin. He was my idol growing up, um, you know, wanted to be him, watched all his games at Hopkins um and uh and yeah so that's why i'm uh that's why i'm 24 we should clip that by the way clarky e. peterson wears 24 not because of john <laughs> <laughs> don't even think oh, about God. it don't even think yeah. about that <laughs> where, where is that uh, cousin nowadays he's in like georgetown area uh got a wife and and two kids now actually I uh, just saw him a couple summers ago. He's doing he's doing really well. He's um, you know got a good job and yeah he's loving life. Was he uh, was he like designing shoes or something like that for? A he bit? yeah he loved to like paint and kind of do his own shoes yeah. and cleats and stuff like that. Um, Allow when he was mm-hmm. in. Yeah yeah he was definitely into that and uh, did his cleats and did his box shoes and whatever uh, all up and down. Cool. Um, did you ever get out to, uh, any of your uncle's famous tailgates at the, uh, Ravens? I wish, I wish he would take a, the beast he called it, which was, you know, his all black, uh, all black kind of like what, like sprinter van. I think they, they call it like a big old Mercedes van. Um, and I think I remember the inside lacrosse article. I don't know if you guys ever read that yeah. one that was written about it. Uh, about how good of a tailgate or he was like nominated for best Baltimore Ravens tailgating. Um, so they're huge fans. I'm a Ravens fan um, as well, obviously because of that. And uh, yeah, he was, he, he honestly, in all, in all sense of words, like he was just a legend and, uh, and, you know, there's not going to be a, another one like him. No. Amen. Yeah. I like it. That does it for me. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Thanks awesome. for coming on Clark. You appreciate it, man. No problem. Yeah. Sorry if, if I was a little long-winded there. No, it's good, man. We appreciate yeah. the uh, the answers. It's uh, That's what the people want to hear anyway, so it's good stuff. Awesome. Well, thanks, thanks for having me on, guys. Appreciate it. Of course, man. Good luck. Good luck. Take care. Bye. Good luck this summer. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks, guys. All right. That was our buddy Clarky. Good chat. Hilarious image of just him. Can you imagine you're like going out there to try to play with high school lacrosse and like this, the two guys that just scored six goals on you grabbed the long poles and him and teeter to go play like short ran on you. That would be uh that would be, I think a little bit of a gut punch, but uh, 
will be funny nonetheless. But you can see how it's worked for both of them. Like Teeter is oh, one of both the, good, like, so riders. good at it. Hello. Yeah. If that's what you call it, riders. They're good riders. Rider yeah. to have both. Yeah, the ride, the, the rough riders. Um, but uh and even in you when know they who was the best, you know who was one of the best riders or whatever? Adam Jones. He Adam had that, Jones, that little fucking chameleon check. Dude, he almost I almost got conked on that one time. He like hooked me and that is I was on flat on my back all of a sudden. I hit my head on the turf. I was like, so he would do like the hook one? <laughs> He would yeah. do the hook one or he would do like the one where he would wait for you to run by him and just do like the single hand stick flip yeah. like, and just hit hit the ball like right out of your stick. Like that's so good at it, but unreal. Um, I, Is there any other news? Major series? Fuck a yeah, major series started up. Junior, yeah, junior started up. I mean, just summer balls. Are hot. And- Our Chiefs are playing right now. I know. They were tied 4-4 after the, after the first, but we're looking to have a good squad this year. Boys love the new jersey. The blaze is good. So be nice to see uh far down jerseys too, aren't they? Yeah. Good to see everyone. Be nice to see everyone uh this Friday. Looking forward to it. I might be kid I might be wife and kidless this weekend. Just an FYI. So you're hosting? No. No. <laughs> not not, not happening. Nine six Burlington after the second. Let's go. Hopefully we got a big W there. We should have an update soon. Um, but uh, but yeah, outside of that, again, it's going to be a pretty fun weekend for the guys all around. Donnie's obviously competing. We're going to be competing too on Friday. Um, maybe Paul will swing by the uh, sliders game on Saturday with the pup. Mm-hmm. Are you going to have the dog though? Just you and Hank? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, that's a good question. Uh, I'll probably tell her to leave the dog. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to be around. I got another golf tournament kind of on saturday but yeah i'll be right so i'll tell her to leave him nice i like it well good stuff i, I think that pretty much kind of that does it for episode 85 again we're crawling up there a few things go check out the merch order that stuff um rock it around tell your friends about it um get your orders in for some cottage springs too summer's coming up it's a perfect cottage literal cottage drink um everybody's been doing it for the long weekend there and and uh Summer weekends are you just you love to see it. See them all everywhere in the park. That like bag and box stuff and everything. So um no calories, man. No none. no carbs. You don't need it. Borg, Borgia's salming. That's all he drank was vodka soda. Yeah. No beers just push the, the beers board. away. Yeah. yeah. Beers. Only like vodka either sodas this year. I like it. That's good. But all right. I think that wraps us up, man. 85 damn episodes of this thing. I guess we'll uh We'll talk to you next week. Just now that Donnie's free, you're gonna be start. We're gonna start pumping him out two times a week. Now. <laughs> yeah, we might. Yeah, we might have to do two times a week. Who knows? All right. All right. We'll chat with you soon. Peace. Take your first ride and run, baby, run. If you want to sign, this is it. You may. Chase the thrill if it's worth it Cause you never ever wanna work for it Take your first ride and run, baby run You got a spine of steel and a roar of thunder
Right. 